Good morning and welcome once again to In Focus. I'm John Sims and with us this morning for a recap, an update and all that other good stuff, Deborah Dobbs, founder and executive director of the Tyler-based SPCA of East Texas. Lots to discuss today as always. Good morning, Deborah. Great to have you with us. Thank you so much for having me, John. And don't forget In Focus is available online. Just go to ktbb.com/infocus. In Focus is uploaded to our website early in the morning the day after the show airs. Deborah, it's been a while since we talked. I'm happy that we're having a chance to get caught up here. And as we talked before we went to air, um, it just kind of hit me. I didn't realize it had been this long. You actually started (laughs) up uh, about eight years ago in 2010. Tell us a little bit about how all that came to be and move on in, if you would, to just your basic mission, purpose, values, etc. Well, John, as you know, the uh, city and county have just in the last year opened their own animal shelters, but prior to 2017, Tyler and Smith County did not have animal shelters uh, open to the public where you could adopt a dog or take a dog. So in 2010, I realized there was a terrible need and, and deficit in the community for, for animals. And um, we put together a small group of folks, threw a little money in the bank, and off we went. And things have happened so fast, and we've grown so much. This community has been so good to us. But, um, yes, it's eight years old. I can't believe it. All right. Um, How have have things progressed in the eight years? Where were you in 2010? And just kind of a thumbnail of where you are now with the different things that you do. In 2010, we were a one-room office downtown with a couple of phones and a couple of desks. Uh, Today, we operate a low-cost spay-neuter clinic on the North Loop. We serve, have served over 15,000 uh, animals uh, since opening in 2014. Uh, we also operate an adoption center right behind the Tyler Mall. We're there five days a week uh, rehoming and adopting out animals. And we have just started a new transport program that we're very excited about, taking animals to the northeast. Okay, and your main office, 4517 Old Bowler Road in Tyler, right behind the mall. Phone number there is 903-596-SPCA. That's 596-7722. For the uh, spay and neuter clinic, it's going to be on the east-northeast loop, and that number is 903-592-7705. Hours of operation, we won't go into that right at the moment. I'm going to refer folks right now to the website as well, spcaeasttx.com. And if you look at that website, your mission and your purpose are just very clearly stated, and I'll do that right now. Your mission is to improve the lives of animals, alleviate their suffering, and elevate their status in society. Now, you could say that about any one of several agencies around Tyler and East Texas, perhaps the most prominent being the Pets for People organization, the Humane Society, it, I believe, goes by both names now. And then the city and the county with their animal shelters and different programs around East Texas, including the Longview area, which I understand, um, according to what you tell me, is doing a very good job of taking care of this issue and taking some of the pressure off you. How do you differ? What sets you apart from some of these other agencies and organizations? And at the same time, how do you work to partner with them? We are a foster-based rescue, so um, that probably is the most unique thing about us. Everybody you've mentioned, uh, for the most part, is a shelter or operates some type of a facility. Our organization has almost 200 dogs and cats completely housed by families in the community. So they have a foster family, and then they find their forever family. 
This allows us to continually expand the number of lives that we can save by recruiting and encouraging folks in the community to become part of our family and be a foster. Okay, the problem. Hundreds of dogs and cats are being abandoned in the rural parts of our county and surrounding counties, and this is the major cause of the overpopulation. So it's not exclusively, but primarily a rural issue, you're telling us? I think that it's a community-wide issue. The city has their overpopulation uh, situations as well, but many times animals are not accepted into a shelter or have no place to go, and so they're taken to a rural location and abandoned. Um, we get lots of calls from folks who have discovered a, a, a new animal on their front porch or in their yard or a box of puppies that was uh, suddenly appeared in, the, in their lives and they have nowhere to go with it. Okay. Um, you do have, let's be honest, a serious problem with cruelty to animals, either abuse or neglect of animals. But at the same time, the fact that you get so many calls, I, it seems to me speaks very well of the community. You at least do have people out there who may or may not be able to address the problem on their own, but who are at least interested and who want to bring it to your attention. Absolutely. We're so proud. We call them Good Samaritans. Um, they they stop their car when they see a dog in distress. They, they call us. They take time out of their busy lives to say, what am I going to do? Uh, I need help with this animal. It's not my animal. And the number of people that that, that that happens to in our community is staggering. Um, I keep saying I'm going to start a clicker count, but um, I think that it speaks well of those who step up and, and take time to make sure an animal is, is, is taken to safety. We're talking to Deborah Dobbs, the founder and executive director of the SPCA of East Texas. And uh, this is In Focus. I'm John Sims. Um, local shelters at capacity don't want to euthanize some of them just uh, pets for people is maybe the best example of this don't want to euthanize so uh, they state that they are closed I don't know that that's ever happened with pets for people although that, that is a very uh, and they don't make, they make no bones about it they uh, have a strong vetting process and um, it's a very exclusive facility but the animals do have a home for life if they choose to go there still that leaves a lot of work for you and for some of the other rescue shelters some of them better known than others around uh, tyler and east texas and of course the city and the county facilities but getting back to what happens when these animals are left on the streets they continuously breed they injure humans and pets sometimes they form packs and they can cause motor vehicle accidents talk a little bit if you would about what kinds of problems you've seen in those areas I would say those those things are, are the biggest reason. If you're not an animal lover, but you really don't understand why this is so important, those are the reasons. If you're driving along Highway 14 and a dog runs out in front of you on that curvy road, you're likely to have an accident. Um, I've talked to people who've had more than one accident on that, on that local highway because of an animal. Um, so these stray dogs do present a danger. They can injure. They can, they can injure you, your pets, uh, and uh, one another. They can pack up and become somewhat aggressive. So uh, there's a number of reasons. Uh, as an animal lover, I don't like to criticize the animals. It's not their fault. No. <laughs> However, as a citizen, uh, we need to address this problem. Okay, and that, of course, is what you are working to do, and you've certainly made a lot of progress. Uh, um, lots of work still needs to be done. 
at least now we have an SPCA. Eight years ago, there was no such animal, That's so right. to speak, in the That's community. Right. Now, surrounding counties, and uh, let's just kind of uh, draw a map here. Uh, you're based in Tyler, and you primarily serve Smith County. And you tell me that you, the most calls that you get come from Wood, Cherokee, some parts of Van Zant County, Upshur County, and Rusk County. Now, you're open to anybody in the area. Um, places that you mentioned earlier before we went to air that you've gotten calls from places like Carthage, some of the other surrounding East Texas counties, Anderson County, Henderson County, you're certainly open to them. Gregg County as well, even though Longview, you tell me, does have a very strong uh, program to address this issue. But um, when you talk about some of these surrounding counties, they don't have an animal control officer like Smith and Gregg County do. And uh, so many of these animals end up migrating to our areas and now you have sheriff's departments advising landowners to shoot a dog if it trespasses that just seems to compound the problem it, it's frightening for me because we get calls a lot that that someone lives in they move to the country and they have their animals out uh, enjoying life roaming freely and their neighbor has uh, shot their dog and they are, they just can't believe that it's happened and regretfully that is the negative to um, living in the country if you let your animals roam and they go onto someone's land and just get in the trash or chase their chickens um, there is nothing that says they can't shoot your dog so that's a that's a warning that that we want to get out there to the community to keep your animals up put a bright colored collar on them and a tag that signifies i belong to somebody Mm -hmm. And in the cities that have leash laws, like Tyler, for example, obey those leash laws. Absolutely. Absolutely. And um, you have a brand new adoption center right behind the mall in Tyler. This one opened in August. Let's talk a little bit about that just for starters and then maybe walk folks through some of the steps that they uh, may end up having to take if um, they do find an animal or if they want to put an animal up for adoption. How, how's the adoption center going? I'm, I'm sure you're doing a lot of business there. It's going very well. People are discovering us. Um, I, I'm, I'm hiring additional help just to greet people and answer the phones because we are so incredibly busy and I'm, I'm thrilled. We have great car count, great location. Um, but the adoption center itself is a small little house. It's a very welcoming environment and you can come in there any time during the week and talk to a counselor or make an application, get that adoption app out of the way, be pre-approved, and then when the perfect pet shows up on our website or on Saturdays, you're ready to go. There is a little process involved. We do try to make the uh, best fit is, our, is kind of our goal, to make sure that the family, the lifestyle, and the animal are going to mesh well, and we're not going to get the animal back in six months because we made a bad placement. Um, so there is a little bit more time invested in that selection and decision making, and we may discourage you from getting a, a you know, an Australian Shepherd if you live in an apartment. Mm -hmm. uh, just some people just don't know, and so we try to guide them a little bit. Okay, this is open. The Adoption Center, uh, forty-five seventeen Old Buller Road, behind the mall. And that's the same location as your main office. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. That's open five days a week, Tuesday through Saturday. Foster animals are on site every Saturday. And um, in case folks are wondering, where are these animals when they're not there on Saturday? These animals are already living in foster homes. Is that how that works? That's correct. Um, our little house on Old Bullard can hold about. Oh, 25 to 30 dogs and 20 cats or so. So you're going to see about 40 to 50 animals on Saturday. 
Uh, but during the week, the rest of them are in their foster families, and they come on a rotating basis each Saturday. We have almost 200 animals in foster care right now, so our community is really stepping up. And that is one way you can really get involved. If you if you want to make a difference, you can become a foster family. Okay. Talking to Deborah Dobbs with the SPCA of East Texas, 903-596-SPCA is the main number. You can also email SPCA at SPCAEastTX.com, and the website is is spcaeasttex.com and along with your brand new adoption center a brand new cattery a little bit of an update on that yes uh, i'm so excited we we moved into our adoption center and very quickly realized we were full and had outgrown the space already if we wanted to add cats to our um, services so we brought in an additional portable building and outfitted it with condominiums for cats and you can come there and watch them play behind large windows and, and hold them and meet them. Um, but we're very excited that cats are now equally as much a focus as our goal. Initially, it was the dogs because the dogs were being picked up and euthanized. The cats, there's not as much of a proactive uh, stray pickup that goes on. Okay. SBCA of East Texas will accept litters of puppies and kittens for adoption and spay your female at no charge. And if you go to the website, you can find out more about that. Um, how does that work exactly? Um, tell us some of the steps that people go through if they're in a situation like that. It varies, but it, it usually is an unplanned situation. That's the most common thread. You have an owned animal, and you didn't have her spayed, and now she's expecting a litter of puppies. Or a stray wanders up on your property very, very uh, pregnant, and you know a, a good Samaritan says, I need help. And that just happened yesterday. So um, we have about seven litters of puppies right now. One just delivered this week, another expected next week. Um, but these puppies will be taken into our program. They'll receive all their vaccinations. They'll be spayed and neutered and adopted. And then the mother dog, if you want to keep her, will spay her at no charge. Okay. And let's talk about that Snippet Spay Neuter Clinic, which I believe also serves um, as a wellness and vaccination center. That's the one that's located on the east-northeast loop. Over 15,000 surgeries since 2014. My goodness. You have been busy. You tell us that's the number one way to reduce the homeless pet population and the high volume of euthanasia in local shelters, the Snippet Spay Neuter Clinic. Uh, a little bit more about that, just kind of what goes on there and maybe something about the wellness and vaccination piece. Thank you, John. Thank you for asking, because I do believe that is one of the most critical pieces. We currently have a full-time veterinarian as well as a part-time veterinarian on staff and a team of vet techs. Uh, so there is a hard-working team of folks out there in their scrubs uh, five days a week. Um, we do approximately 25 to 30 surgeries a day, uh, and so you can see how that that number gets high real quick. But we don't offer full-service veterinary care. Our mission is to prevent unwanted litters. So this team is very specialized. They do uh, a very high volume number each day. And I just, I can't say enough about this hardworking group of people. I, I'm so proud of them. But uh, it's a very clean, a very safe, and a very healthy environment for your animals. Um, we are on the North Loop and um, kind of in an industrial area. You can miss us if, if you don't know what you're looking for. But um, we encourage anyone who has uh, an animal that is unaltered to uh, consider spaying and neutering. Okay, that addresses 3405 East Northeast Loop 323. I Google map things a lot, and that may be the easiest way to find it, but it's uh, uh, not difficult to find. And um, 
Again, 3405 East Northeast Loop 323 is the address of the spay and neuter clinic. And again, vaccinations, heartworm tests, heartworm and flea preventatives, and nail trims. So it's not just a spay and neuter clinic. It does a lot of other things, too. We do provide preventative care. We are not, again, a full-service veterinarian clinic. Mm -hmm. But an animal that has never been to the vet um, may come through our door for spay and need to have a flea and tick treatment or its nails trimmed. And so we want to provide just that minimal care that every animal deserves uh, without them having to leave and go somewhere else. Okay, uh, you do surgery by appointment. What are some of the things that you do where there's no appointment necessary? And that includes uh, the Snippet Clinic as well as your adoption center. Correct. You can you can walk in pretty much any time to our wellness clinics on Tuesday, Thursday, or Saturday. They open at 10 in the morning. You don't have to have an appointment, and you can uh, receive an examination, a brief exam, uh, vaccinations, heartworm testing, uh, and purchase your flea and heartworm prevention. Heartworm is a fatal disease in dogs, and in Texas, uh, it's it's really very prevalent because of the mosquitoes. That's how heartworm is transmitted. So one mosquito can give your dog heartworm disease, and it and it is fatal. Oh, okay. Um, the uh, main office, excuse me, yeah, the the the, the main office and the adoption center. I want to make sure I'm getting this right. Uh, Tuesday through uh, Friday, 10 a.m. to 5 p.m., is that correct, for the correct. one on Old Bullard Road? Correct. Okay, and then Saturday, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m., and then uh, the Snippet Clinic, Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 4 p.m., and then Tuesday and Thursday, 10 to 4, and Saturday have new, new hours, 10 a.m. until 2 in the afternoon. 903-596-SPCA. Uh, and uh, let's see, there's another phone number on here as well, 903-707-2088. Will either of those numbers work? Yes, that'll, that will also work. Okay, and then for the Snippet Clinic, it's 903-592-7705. Okay, somebody finds a dog or a cat, um, or maybe they have been fostering and they just feel like it's time to uh, turn the dog or cat over for adoption. Oh, uh, I mean, there are different things, different circumstances that people are facing, but let's kind of bring it back to what happens if a person sees a stray dog or a stray cat out on the highway, or if one of them um, just kind of wanders up to your front door and starts barking or meowing. As I understand it, there are several different options that you give these folks. Why don't we just kind of walk through some of the things that you might suggest to people if they find themselves in that situation? Well, the first thing to do would be to try to safely secure the animal um, and keep it from running off because once we work through the process of partnering, we don't want to go out to your location and the animal has now moved on. So if you can safely secure the animal, that, that's the number one thing. Providing uh, food and water uh, will keep an animal coming around, especially if they've been on the road uh, for, for a while. They're going to be hungry. They're going to be looking for a warm place to sleep. So we tell people, put down a blanket, put them somewhere out of the wind or weather if you can. Many times these great people bring them into their homes, um, and then they call us. At that point, you would go to our website. Uh, you make application for rehoming assistance. It's a two-page application, and you can upload a photo from your phone, and email it to us, and we'll be in touch with you um, to work on trying to process this animal into our foster program, either through that person being a foster temporarily or locating a foster within our system. Okay, and you mentioned the website again. It's SPCA East TX 
dot is it a dot com or dot com dot com okay i'll never get past that that's okay <laughs> uh you r- rescue, you have a hotline, you take animals in distress, animals that have been injured or abandoned or neglected. And um, I think just to really summarize, you do have a number of different options that you present to people. They might want to foster, they might want to adopt, there might be different things that you might suggest that they do. But if they give you a call or go to the website or shoot you an email, you can kind of walk through that with them. There's the online application that you mentioned. So um, if you call the SPCA and you have an animal that you're concerned about, the SPCA is going to do its darndest to help you out and you just basically have a lot of options that you, that you present to people and I think that's probably the pretty uh, about the best way that we uh, can sum that piece of it up right there unless there was anything that you wanted to add or I think expound that's on. It, John patience is is something we ask people for because we are inundated with uh, requests for help um, so it may be a few days before uh, we actually get to have a actual full conversation with you if you're geographically f- uh, a good deal away from us we may Uh, look up and offer you some alternatives in your area but we do try to give everybody a few options for a solution okay again talking to founder and executive director deborah dobbs of the spca of east texas i'm john sims this is in focus and one thing in particular that you have coming up that's really exciting for you i know it's been in and out of the news for probably i think maybe the last two or three years we've reported on it and a lot of people are really anticipating the eight-acre dog park on West Grande in Tyler. That's under construction right now, and you anticipate the opening this spring. Tell us how that process is going and what we can look at maybe within the next two or three months. This dog park is so beautiful. I think the community is going to be very surprised uh, when they when they actually get to visit it. And it will be open to the public, and there will be no charge. But it's located uh, on the West Grande extension between 155 and Old Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. It's very proximate to the hub of the community, and it's a beautiful oasis in the midst of our busy city. Uh, there's rolling hills. There's a two-acre lake. There's a fountain. There will be. It's heavily wooded. There will be benches and places to sit and picnic, and walk and visit uh, and play with your dog. Or just come out there with your kids and have a nice, you know, a day out in a in a beautiful natural setting. It's on um, on our our radar to expand it over the next several years to other things such as hiking trails. But at this point, the dog park itself is. I actually think it's closer to nine acres, but there are two small and two large dog areas so that we will rotate on and off odd and even days to ensure the the nice grassy area and um, keep it really pretty and and well maintained for the community to enjoy and this is for people who are not in the kinds of situations we've spent spent most of the show talking about these are for people uh, this is for people basically who own pets but just want to give them a chance to romp and run and jump and play if they maybe live in a neighborhood where it's not easy for dogs to do that or if they have to be concerned about leash laws, this really kind of improves the quality of life for the uh, dog owners and their pets, I guess is pretty much a good way of summing that up. Absolutely. Tyler has a large retirement community, and they sometimes don't have a yard. Um, and we have a large collegiate community of college students living in apartments, and they don't have a yard. So being a pet owner uh, in a metropolitan area, 
is something that they've had dog parks for years, such as New York and, mm-hmm. and places like that. So we've realized now there's enough need for the city of Tyler and its community, and we're very excited. I think people are going to have a lot of fun out there. Okay. Separate fenced areas for small and large dogs, large parking areas, watering and shade stations, beautiful scenery overlooking a two-acre lake. Sounds like it's going to be a real prize when you finally get that thing up and going. And you say sometime this spring, can you uh, yes, be fairly I, specific about that, or do we really know exactly when that's going to happen? We are so close. The uh, The grass is in, the fences are in, the sprinklers are in, the fountain is in. We're doing a little more erosion control. After after it rains, we discovered little, little areas that may need addressing. But we're very, very close. The roads are in, the parking lots are in. So it's it's really close. Uh, I'm we're waiting for some nice weather basically at this point. So okay. and signage. So we're getting there. All righty, uh, you're operating a monthly transport program to the northeast. I believe. Uh uh, I don't know. Uh, tell me exactly how long you've been doing this. I first became aware of it maybe a month or two ago. This is where you take 25 to 30 healthy, spayed, neutered dogs and puppies to adoption groups in areas where there is a shortage, and that would be in pretty much the northeastern United States, where the um, adoption and just pet con- animal control laws are a little bit different. Is that how it works? I think that what we see is a little stiffer, maybe enforcement. In the Northeast, oh, okay. I think that uh, the ordinances are there. Um, wherever you go, you see laws on the books, but if they're not enforced, um, obviously people are going to do what the least amount to, you know, don't spend money if they don't have to. But in a lot of places, you have to register your pet, just like you register your car. And if it goes missing, it comes right back home. Mm-hmm. Um, for a minimal amount, uh, you can register your pet in many of the cities. Many of the cities require you to. Um, register a litter if you're going to have a litter of puppies you can have one litter a year and that litter is something that's on the radar of the community and they know that it's not just someone overbreeding or or backyard breeding their animals Uh we see a lot of that in east texas and in the northeast it's just not a problem so there is a shortage of adoptable dogs and And puppies and and puppies and kittens and you're trying to alleviate that by uh, operating a monthly transport program to the Northeast. I believe you did this maybe uh, sometime in December, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, it was actually right before Christmas, John. <laughs> and um, everything went well, and you're looking forward to the next one now, which I believe is February the 8th. That's correct. It went very well for our first trip. We knew we'd make some mistakes, and we've discovered better places to stay and better places to eat and better places to stop. Mm. But um, we took 22 animals to Connecticut. I actually participated in this trip myself, and we arrived in a small little town of New Milford, Connecticut, 10 in the evening, to a room full of adoptable, uh, adopting families and children. It was absolutely the best Christmas present ever. These people were so excited, and these animals had homes when they got off our truck. So um, it was really rewarding, even though it was an incredibly long drive. Mm-hmm. And so it's it does it, a monthly transport program. So every every month, twelve months a year, is that how it works? Dependent on weather, we again this is a new program for us, but we're certainly not going to put anything at risk or our drivers at risk. Uh, but depending on weather, we hope to run at least ten months a year. Okay. And as we get ready to round out the show, something real special going on at the Tyler Museum of Art right now. You and I ran into each other recently at the uh, members' reception that preceded the exhibit opening of 
Best Friends the Dog as Subject in Fine Art Photography. It's up now. It's at the Tyler Museum of Art on the TJC campus, and it runs all the way through March 25th. And I can tell by the smile on your face, you're real happy about this. Uh, maybe if you talk just a little bit about that and um, how you feel about having the Art Museum as a partner in your ongoing efforts. Well, first, I'm completely flattered. Our organization was contacted by uh, the curator and asked if we would partner with them on this project. And I was, I just, I said, when can I come and see you? It's a done deal. Um, but the exhibit is now open and I've had a chance to enjoy it. And I cannot say enough about how moving and um, real and emotional, it's, it's not a bad thing, it's a good thing. It's a warm, uh, bittersweet. Some of the pictures uh, uh, make you smile and some of them might bring a little tear to your eye. But I am so proud of this museum and what they're doing over there. Um, but I'm especially proud now to be partnering with them. Okay, and this uh, not only is a heart warmer, and I can say that from my own personal experience having looked at it myself, but uh, a, a way of drawing attention to what you're doing is... Uh... Absolutely, and just the value that an animal brings to your to your world. I think uh, a home without an animal is, is missing on uh, missing out on some real joy and, and compassion. I think it's wonderful for your children to learn about uh, raising and caring for another living thing. So the Art Museum has done a fantastic job of showing the relationships between men and women and their pets, and it's, it's just beautiful. Mm -hmm. And drop by the Art Museum. You can get more information by giving them a call or checking out their website and the exhibit, Best Friends, the Dog is Subject in Fine Art Photography in collaboration with the SBCA of East Texas. Going to be up all the way through March 25th, so plenty of time to get over there and see it. We're about to wrap up the show. We have been talking with Deborah Dobbs, founder and executive director of the SPCA of East Texas on In Focus this morning. Uh, just kind of a few parting words. Take care of your animals, get them spayed, get them neutered, and you can always call the SPCA of East Texas if you see one out running around that needs immediate attention. Deborah, thanks for all the information this morning. Been great visiting with you. Do stay in touch with us. Thank you, John. You bet. Deborah Dobbs, founder, executive director of the SPCA of East Texas, our guest this morning on In Focus. I'm John Sims. Thank you for joining us, and as always, we'll see you again next week on In Focus. Your only local news radio. This is KTBB Tyler, KTBB FM Troop Tyler Longview, and KTBB.com.